Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. If you're like me, there comes that moment when you loathe what you've written. You read what poured out on the page in this meteor shower of inspiration, and then everything that felt glittering and brilliant just yesterday now feels trite flat, messy, implausible. We read our favorite books and think, geez, I'll never write like that. My work's no good. I'm no good. Well, this is our inner spoiler talking, and it's inherent in any act of creation. In today's episode of Writer Unleashed, I'm going to give you five strategies to put your spoiler in its place and get out of the funk. So stay tuned. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach, and each week we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. How do we keep writing when we hate everything we've just written? When we look at it and rather than feel inspired, we feel flattened and defeated and unmotivated. Well, before we get into that discussion, let's talk about the creative process and the different roles we shift through during any work in progress. Now, I'm not a Disney fan per se, but I do find comfort in Walt Disney's breakdown of the various roles we move through while writing and revising our stories. And the first role, and I think the most powerful, is the dreamer. When we're in our dreamer mode, we're in a higher state of consciousness where we're not self-conscious, we're on fire, we're in the zone, we're unstoppable, the writing feels euphoric, our dreamer creates space for our biggest breakthroughs, we're receptive, we're free, we're not judging our work or our abilities, we're in a state of flow, we're in an optimal state. Now, in order to master anything, we need to be in that dreamer state most of the time. What happens next, the next role that steps in, is our realist. And this is where logic and reason step in. So here's where we look at what's on the page objectively, and we start to play maybe with the structure of the story, 
We may chisel our sentences until they sparkle and gleam. We deepen our characters. We bring more visual details into a scene. And this is hard work, certainly. But it still feels good at this stage. We're still enthralled with what's on the page. And we still feel inspired. But then our editor steps in, and this is our spoiler. Here is where we get microcritical about everything on the page. The flaws just jump off the page <laughs> right at us, and we criticize our work. We criticize ourselves. We feel dispirited, and we lose faith in our ability to write anything worthwhile. And that's because we identify with our spoiler, and we give him far more space and far more authority and credence than he deserves. And this is where we start to feel blocked and and really just paralyzed. Our spoiler can paralyze us. And here's the thing. Every writer struggles with self-doubt and frustration at various stages of the writing process. And here's the thing that I want you to camp out on. The more skill you develop, the louder your spoiler. So here are five ways to replenish your writing the next time the spoiler puts you into a funk. Number one, take a break from the work. Do something regenerative. Turn up your Spotify playlist Go salsa dancing, get outside to feel the sun on your face, maybe jump on the trampoline for 10 minutes, go for a walk or a run. The point is you want to change your physiology. Now, sometimes taking a break seems counterintuitive because we only have so much time, right? And it's an ever shorter supply. But what I want you to understand is it's not just the hours you have. It's the quality of mind you bring to those hours. You're not doing your work any good if you're not in the right frame of mind. And often all we need to do is take a break. So step away from the computer, change channels completely. Put your work aside for however long it takes you to feel good again, to refresh and trust that while you're taking this break, your subconscious is working out all the kinks and knots. Now, movement is often the best cure to your creative rut. So for example, after just 20 minutes of walking, you become more creative and you think more sharply. It's the perfect antidote for writer's block. Walking increases blood flow to the brain, and a Stanford study confirmed that Walking increases a person's creative output by an average of 60%. But whether you're taking 20 minutes, a few hours, a few days, taking a break gives you enough distance from the work to fall back in love with it again. When you return to your pages, you'll be more objective about your draft's weak spots and its strengths. You'll be more equipped to revise with a clear, open mind and a fresh surge of creative juice, and you'll get more writing done in less time. So, take a break. Number two, read something you love. Read something by a, an author that you admire. Now, often the reason that we're in a creative jam or we're down on our work is because we're missing 
a certain technique or understanding of an element of craft, or we're just flat out tired and stressed. And sometimes reading renews our inspiration to write and can even give us a solution to solving a particular story problem where, where, where we've arrived at an impasse. Literature, by the way, is an encyclopedia of writing technique. So use it. So when I'm not feeling optimistic about what I'm writing, when I realize that continuing to write uh, is doing more harm than good, I turn off my computer and I go sit on my front porch and I open a book. And it's either a book on craft or it's a novel or short story from one of my favorite writers. And a lot of, of the time it's, it's something that I've already read. Uh, but most of the time, it's the jump start I need to get back into my writing with renewed energy. Now, neuroscientists have said that reading a novel or a memoir can improve brain function in on a variety of levels. And they say that being engrossed in a novel or a memoir or any great story enhances connectivity in the brain and it improves creativity. So... Whenever you feel stuck, just take a break and open a book. Number three, free write. The best way I know of to get out of a writing funk, to dislodge a writing jam, is to write in your journal or notebook for anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes without stopping. The idea is that you want to just keep writing until something surfaces that is is that excites you. So the idea here is to resist editing as you go. Let go of this expectation to write something brilliant or whole. Let it be bad. Let it be incoherent, banal, repetitive, fragmented. It could be babble, chatter. You can write complete gobbledygook if you want. It could be word clusters, rants, images, monologue. Just trust what comes up without you judging it. And if you really feel blocked, just write about that. Or if you're really down on your writing, explore that. You know, open it up. Explore what it feels like to feel blocked or just down on yourself. Just write what comes up. Write where the energy is. Now, This practice of letting go, allowing your mind to roam where it wants without any attachment to an end result can reignite your spark and it can earth some really powerful writing gems. You may surprise yourself. So free write. Number four, carry a notebook or a journal. Now, it doesn't have to be fancy. You don't need a moleskin moleskin journal or a journal with a Chagall painting on the cover, even a small, ugly wire-rimmed notebook that you can stick in your back pocket or in your purse will do. Now, the reason for this is that part of being a writer is thinking like a writer. It's about being present, not just at the keyboard, but with the world around you. It's noticing and recording details, innuendos, images, subtext, nuance, body language. It's about decoding the mysteries of human nature. It's tuning into what you notice and why. So keeping a notebook handy is a way to observe, capture, and collect everything that swims in 
so you can use it later if you choose. Now, just like the free write, random jottings loosen resistance and keep your creative channels open. And it's not so much that any of this will be material for a story, but the thing is that you never know what these jottings in your notebook will lead to. You never know. It could lead to a great scene. It can lead to an entirely new story. So stay open and receptive. Keep that notebook handy. So one, take a break. Two, read something that inspires you. Three, free write. Four, carry a notebook. And five, get feedback from a trusted reader or mentor. And the word that I want you to stress here is that it's trusted. Now, I am blown away by the writers I coach. One finds the precise objects and metaphors that open up her emotional universe. Another is amazing at creating these um, edgy juxtapositions that create texture and tension. And another writer's sensory details are so rich. I can smell, touch, I can taste it, I can hear, and I can see the scene she creates sentence by sentence. It's just, it's so rich. Now, more often than not, these writers have no idea how extraordinary they are until I show them. And the reason we often can't see what's inherently beautiful, exciting, or moving in our own work is that our superpowers are so innate, they're invisible to us. So having a a trusted reader affirm those indelible qualities in your voice can replenish that rush of inspiration you felt in your dreamer phase. Now, that doesn't mean you get to cut a deal on the techniques you're struggling with. The spoiler does have some say, but it's equally important to know what you do brilliantly naturally. So this way you can sharpen your saw and you keep refining and magnifying the strengths that are yours and yours alone. Just know this, self-doubt and dissatisfaction come with the territory. Your discontent with your work is not proof of its failure. It's a testament to your talent. It's you reaching beyond your edge. It's precisely your talent that recognizes the dissonance, the missed beats, the flabby sentences, the false notes and dialogue. That dissatisfaction will lead to your best writing. And I'm going to leave you with a quote from Robert Hughes, who said this, The greater the artist, the greater the doubt. Perfect confidence is granted to the less talented as a consolation prize. Just know that your feelings about your work are always in motion. They're fluid. So replenish, then get back to work. So, number one, take a break from the work. Number two, read something that inspires you. Number three, free write. Number four, carry a notebook or a journal at all times. Number five, get feedback from a trusted reader or mentor. Now, over to you. What are some ways you replenish your writing practice? I'd love to hear your suggestions over at nancypinuccio.com slash podcast. And if this show resonates with you, 
please leave a review. And if you haven't already, subscribe. I come to you every week jam-packed with writing tips and inspiration to write stories that matter to you and that matter to your readers. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Keep writing, and I'll talk to you soon.